Welcome to the party, pal. The Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. That's right, across the world on the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch TV, and more. And of course, across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator. It is the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live. Hey, 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 hey. How are you? How you doing? Welcome to Wednesday, hump day, middle of the week. That's right, the downhill slide to Firearms Friday. We can see it from here. It's we can we're looking at it right now. Firearms Friday. Not too not too not too far away from that right now. Looking forward to it. Welcome to the program today. Thanks for coming in and joining us. Just another beautiful day here in the paradise that Lee we like to call Alaska. So thanks for coming in. Um, on the program today, full, full boat, full boat of stuff today. In hour one, uh, we're going to start off here in just a minute with some headlines uh, like we normally do. Just give you an update on some of the latest and greatest things that are hitting the, uh, the news wires and the airwaves across the uh, state here since yesterday. We'll cover a couple of those things. And then at, uh, in the, going into the second segment there, uh, in about, well, I don't know, 15 minutes or so, we'll be diving into it with uh, Representative Ron Gillum from District 30, who we haven't talked to in quite a while. In fact, I don't think that we've talked to him since he's returned to the Senate after his, uh, after his uh, uh, emergency, medical emergency there with his little heart attack and everything else. So we'll talk to him, sure, about that. But also, we're going to dive down today into a discussion uh, about uh, education. Um, he's introduced some bills that would help with education reform, and I think we need to talk about that. Um, and specifically, I think we need to talk about some of the funding mechanisms for uh, education reform. And we're going to be talking about that. Uh, we're going to be talking about that here with him in just a few moments, and uh, and hopefully we'll get some good stuff there from Ron Gillum. Uh, here in hour one. Then in hour two, as is normal on our Wednesday broadcasts, we are going to be talking with State Senator Mike Shower for the Shower Hour of Power. That's right. Um, and that's where we're going to get a full rundown on everything that's going on in the Senate, including the potential this week to talk about SB 199, which we dissected yesterday with Brad Keithley. If you missed it, uh, we had a really good discussion on the ins and outs, the ups and downs of SB 199 yesterday with Brad Keithley. And you can go back and catch that on the podcast, which is available wherever you find good podcasts. CastBox, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and of course, Spotify. 
uh, you can go back and do, or you can just go back to YouTube and uh, or Facebook and watch the videos yesterday um, where we discussed it. It was number one of the weekly top three with Brad Keithley yesterday on the program, and so. We're going to get some analysis from Senator Shower on that and see what uh, see what he has to say and uh, and what what we should be watching for and looking at here as we go forward. So that's uh, that be that be the plan, my friends. That be the plan uh, here in our one and two of the program today. So welcome to it. Don't forget, of course, as always, if you would like to participate this morning, a couple different ways you can do it. Uh, you can always send me an email, me at MichaelDukeShow.com, M-E at MichaelDukeShow.com. And also by joining us in the chat room, which is available both on Facebook and on YouTube, um, wherever it is. I can see all the chats. So, I mean, I have the omnipotent God widget for all the chat rooms, so I can see everything at once. So if you want to comment on anything, you can join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show or on YouTube, which is YouTube.com slash users slash The Michael Duke Show. Okay. All right. Enough of that. Enough of that. What do we have to start with this morning? Well, we got some stories here. Uh, a couple different ones. I'm not sure which one I should start with. I guess I'll start with uh, this one. It seems to be timely. So we should uh, we should we should uh, we should ask and be part of it. Um, here's the first story: the ballots for the June 11th special primary election are going out in the mail today. That's right, 560,000 Alaskans should be expecting your ballot in the mail over the next couple days. The Division of Elections is. Dropping them off to the USPS today, and they will be headed out uh, to uh, to all of us uh, to be able to vote in this new first phase, the jungle primary phase of the special uh, primary election. The special general election will be held on August the 16th, the same day that, of course, we're going to have the regular jungle primary. Not that that will be confusing at all. The uh, In this election, the voters are going to get a ballot with 48 candidates on them, and they are going to be asked to pick just one and then return them uh, in the mail to the Division of Elections, who have been kind enough, apparently, this time around to pay the postage on everything uh, because that's it's kind of how they had to do it this time because of the short windows of opportunity to make it happen. Ballots can arrive at the division offices as late as June 21st, but they will have to be postmarked on or before June 11th. <clears throat> and that pretty much shows you that uh, <clears throat> by June the 21st, this is, this is what kills me. So June 11th is the special primary. August 16th is the special general. So you'll have to have, by that time, know which of the four candidates are going to be the top four for ranked choice. They could still get the ballots as late as June 21st. So we'll literally have like two and a half weeks from the time that they finally collate, tabulate, and receive the final ballots and make the decision. You'll have about two and a half weeks for the candidates to present themselves, the top four candidates, 
that, you know, then go on to the general election. This mail-in thing is, I mean, nothing fast about it, that's for sure. In March, uh, Gail Fanumiai and other state officials said there was no feasible way, given the suddenness of Don Young's death and the short timeline required by state law to conduct a traditional election. Instead, they had to do it by mail. So the division is automatically sending ballots to all registered voters, and those ballots are going out 45 days before the election date, which is today. The state is also paying the postage. There will be some in-person polling places if you absolutely refuse to use a mail-in ballot, but my suggestion would be that you destroy it or do what I'm going to do is that I'm going to get all the st- all the mail-in ballots that come to my house, to my wife and my kids and everybody who's legal age. We're going to get them all together. We're all going to vote. And then I'm going to hand deliver them to the Division of Elections office in, in person. I'm not going to put it back in the mail. Um, but some in-person polling places will be available according to, to uh, Fanumiai. And the polling locations will be announced uh, today as well. Many of those polling places will be open for multiple days. So we're going to find out more about that. Election officials are encouraging voters to check their listed addresses online for your mailing destination for your ballot. So you go to myvoterinformation.alaska.gov. That's myvoterinformation.alaska.gov. If you want to check your own, you know, voter information to see where your ballot might end up at, if the address is incorrect, you can update it at voterregistration.alaska.gov. And though the ballots may have already been mailed, the division will send out a second ballot to the updated address. Now, Fanumiai says officials will be tracking both ballots to prevent double voting. Uh, okay. So, so they could track that, but they can't track signatures or anything. I mean, you know, the other piece of information that they said, according to Fanumiai, they said in the coming days, the division of elections will be joining something called ballot tracks, T-R-A-X, ballot tracks, a system that allows voters to get text, email, and phone alerts when their ballots have been received by the division, this is something the Muni of Anchorage has already used in this year's election. Uh, the information will be posted on the division's website when available, she said here. So no idea exactly when that's going to happen. Uh, the election officials, once the election is completed in June, will be posting incremental updates on the number of ballots. Oh, no, this is before Election Day, rather. will be posting incremental updates on the number of ballots received before Election Day. The first results will be posted the evening of June 11th, and the final results will be available June 21st, with a final review and certification expected by June 24th. You can read all about this, by the way, in the ADN. James Brooks has got an article about it, uh, and so as 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 does uh, as does uh, uh, Suzanne Downing over at Must Read as well. So if you want to go watch out for that stuff, anyway. Um, I would just be really cautious uh, about this. Like I said, I if I get if I get a bunch if I get ballots at my home for people who either owned it before or if I get back, I you know I'm going to make sure to destroy them. But 
you know, it's it, my fear is, as I said, that first year that I ever experienced mail-in voting going on around me uh, was when I was got down here uh, into the uh, South Central area and I was working down in Anchorage. And I walked into a post office and on the sorting table there where people sort their mail out, there were, you know, probably almost a dozen different ballots just sitting out there where people had gotten them in their mailbox from previous owners or whatever, and they just threw them out on the table. Um, that makes me nervous. Hence the reason why I will be hand delivering all of mine direct. On top of that, you just never know what could happen. Did you see what happened down on the peninsula with the, uh, with the mail truck? This is a crazy story. Mail that was on its way down to the Kenai uh, was destroyed early yesterday when a contracted truck from the USPS caught fire on the Seward Highway. It was a tractor trailer that had been hired by the Postal Service, apparently, to move stuff down. Uh, It was on mile 38 of the Seward Highway. They departed from the Processing and Distribution Center in Anchorage, and it caught on fire. The blaze destroyed the truck's trailer and all the contents, um, and uh, and the driver wasn't injured. But you know, all that stuff is in there, and all this mail apparently was going to uh, go down to Kasilov, Clam Gulch, Nanilchik, Anchor Point, Homer, Fritz Creek, Halibut Cove, Nenwalik, uh, Nikolesk, and uh, Port Graham, Nikiski, and Soldovia. So they don't they don't know exactly what caused the fire, but they are working on it. Um, and trying to figure it out, there's an investigation underway. If you believe that uh, your mail may have been on that truck, call the Postal Service at 800-275-8777. And uh, the contents were just, again, a total. And if the check was in the mail, especially like your refund check, oh, God. I guess that's another argument for direct deposit, but I, I dang. You know, I mean, they they just finished it, right? They just finished it. Uh, anyway, so that good thing your mail-in ballot wasn't in there, huh? Hmm? Huh? <laughs> Could you imagine having a? I mean, oof, man, not a good thing. Not a good thing. Anyway, um, I just I found that ironic that that story popped up today on the same day that they've announced that they're going to mail out all the ballots today. I, there was some definite delicious irony in that whole in that whole situation right there. All right, we're gonna get out of here. We got more coming up. Representative Ron Gillum gonna be joining us, and uh, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Ron Gillum, our guest, up next. Regularly heard on American radio. Okay. Let's see what you have to say. Uh, All right. Um, Ever since GCI put internet under the bridge. Sheesh. Uh, Good morning, good morning, good morning. 
let's see. Advil and coffee. Advil and coffee. Uh, Meyer and what's her name are doing a Zoom type meeting to educate the public on ranked choice voting for it. Uh, what? Can, uh, Meyer and Fanumiai? Is that what you're saying? Uh, two and a half weeks. Yeah, I mean, that's about how much. Because they just said that the thing, the whole thing will be finalized by the 24th, which means 6 plus 16. So 22 days, just three weeks from the time they finalize it to uh, to get it done. Three weeks to get it all done. Um, mail-in ballots, good luck, says Young Bird. Well, again, you know, we're going to do what we can do. Uh, budget audit. Uh, my eyes hurt. Did you check your email? Uh, Rick, I saw an email from you yesterday, and I'm sorry. I've been I've been running like a chicken with my head cut off. Um, and I don't I can't remember if I actually read the full email. Um, I did see the email from you. Uh, it was about the audit, right? Is that what we were talking about? Okay, yeah. Um, I want to I wanted to discuss this, but since I've got guests and everything coming on, I thought maybe we'd try and reserve this maybe for tomorrow. But we will. We will uh, we'll go over it for sure. Thank you for uh, thank you for dropping me the information though, Rick. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, there's some definitely some questions about the audit and everything else. Okay. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, what else? Coffee and Advil. Give give Advil a chance. Um. And ivermectin, right? <laughs> All right. Oh, his brakes overheated and caught fire. Is that what the word on the street is about the truck driver? Um, I hadn't. I had. I had not heard. I had not heard. Maybe because they didn't want him to use his Jake brake. I saw that there was a huge discussion on Facebook in Homer about people using their Jake brakes uh, on the top of. Uh, the Sterling Hill there or whatever, and and some Karen was complaining about how it was, and their people were like, well, if you don't want the truck in your living room, the Jake break is a necessity. No, it's illegal. In the, oh, my God. It was just 300 and something comments before they locked the whole thread, but it was amazing to read. Um, word on the highway. All right. Let's uh, let's check in on the phone. I think we got Ron Gillum with us. Uh, we're ready to go. Hey, are you there with us, sir? I am. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. We haven't uh, haven't talked to you since before the big uh, crash back when you uh, dipped out for a little bit. There, you're feeling healthy though now. I feel great, actually. Good, surprisingly. Good, good, good. All right. Well, yeah. I didn't even. I, in fact, I didn't <clears throat> even hear about it until it was like through the grapevine. I was like, what? What's going on? I'm glad to I'm glad to hear that you're uh, still up above ground and on the right side of the grass. So uh, um, it, we'll get a chance to chat with you here in just a second. Hold the line. Don't eat those donuts, even those fictional donuts in my chat room, in my uh, in my virtual green room, because you know we want you to stay healthy. But you can have some virtual coffee. It's fine, but no virtual donuts for you. Um, all right, um, getting ready to wind things down. Uh, Wow, Bill said, just got thrown in Facebook jail for a post in 2018. Don't you love that? I had one of those pop up a couple about a couple months ago. Some post for, I think it was in 2017 or 2018 that I had made that all of a sudden they decided somebody didn't like it, and they gave me a warning. They removed the they removed the post, but I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Like, 
Facebook is becoming so irrelevant these days. Uh, Anchorage get their voters list from the Alaska Division election. A lot of that mess. Thousands of ballots that were non-deliverable came back. Gail Fanumiai claims the voter list is up to date. It's not. I mean, has she said that? Because I haven't heard her say that. All I've heard of people say is that, oh, we're seriously got problems on that. Anyway, we'll, we can discuss that later. Here we go. Uh, we're jumping back into it. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like this video. Share this video. Like and follow the show page. Hit subscribe. Ring the bell. Hit follow on Twitch. Do it now. Obey. Sorry. That's just, it got away from me there. Okay, fine. You ready to do this thing? Let's jump into it, shall we? Been a while since we got a chance to chat with him. He is the uh, the maverick, the, the the guy who grabbed the bull by the horns and said, "If not me, then who else? And why not?" Ron Gillum, state rep, GOP District Thirty, joins us this morning. We're going to talk with him about, well, we we, purportedly we're going to talk about some of the education bills that he's working on, but it's been a while since we talked to him, so I thought we'd get all caught up here and uh, and we'll we'll get started right now. Good morning, sir. How are you? I am, excuse me, I am doing great. Well, good. It's good to hear from you. Now, uh, a lot of folks out there, you know, may or may not have known that you had a bit of a medical scare here a while ago. Uh, In fact, I found out about it almost by, I think it was almost over by the time I found out about it. So people not, had not known, but uh, you had a little bit of a scare, but you got the treatment that you needed. You got fl- flew out, flew back, and you're back to 100% now? That I am. That I am. That was uh, pretty unexpected, I could tell you that. Um, we went to dinner, went home, and uh, felt like I had heartburn. Just It was nothing serious. My arm, you know, you hear about your arm hurting or your neck and all that. Man, I didn't have any of that. It just felt like heartburn. After about three hours and taking some Pepto-Bismol, I said, well, and my wife said, let's go to the hospital. So we went to the hospital, and uh, I was, had I waited on an ambulance, I wouldn't be here talking to you, I can tell you that. Wow. But I had exceptional care in both Bartlett and Providence. A little upsetting that Providence wouldn't let anybody in to, you know, to be with me. But uh, the nurses and doctors done a fabulous job. Um so, and I'm able to be here and talk with you. So yeah, it's been. Uh, but as far as getting the word out, I was pretty quiet about it. Um, I had people badmouth me because um, I didn't show up on the floor. That was the day of the vote for the per diem and the raise for the legislators, and I just didn't show up. And uh, you know, I was kind of. I didn't really have a lot to say because I didn't know. Right, right. But, but uh, you know, when I found out, I let um, our minority leader, Kathy Tilt, know, and I let my chief of staff know what's going on. And uh, then, um, you know, things kind of progressed from there. And once I got more information from the doctors, I started letting more people know. And, and, uh, and like I said, I was pretty quiet about it. But uh, that happened on Thursday morning, and I was back in the building on Tuesday morning. Right, so right, right. Have a job to do. Yeah, it was a pretty quick turnaround. I think I heard about it on Monday, and I was like, "What the heck?" I mean, you know, 
yeah, that's uh, it, it's great. Um, so I'm glad to hear that you're back. I'm glad to hear you're you're back. You're feeling healthy. Everything is resolved. Um, and of course, uh, we should all probably learn the signs, especially when we start to get up into our age bracket. We should probably all learn the signs of heart attack or stroke just to make sure that we know what's going on. Because, like, well, go ahead. That's the thing. I had no signs. Just the heartburn. And, uh, but um, talking to the nurses, uh, third, and, and in my case, it was genetic. And they said if I came in two days earlier, they would not have known that it was going to happen. Um, so I kind of I did a little um, couple of PSAs about it, one on Facebook, and uh, then a written one that I can send out to the radio station. But there's a test you can do at the heart clinic, and we have a, a clinic there in, in Soldatna. It's called a cardiac calcium scoring test. It's a hundred dollars. The insurance does not pay for it, and you need to be over 45 years old to get it. And uh, they can tell you if you are prone to have a heart attack. And I didn't, until after this, I didn't really look at my family. But, yeah, I have heart issues in my family. Right. So if you want to stick around for a while, I would suggest go do this cardiac calcium scoring test and uh, you know, and find out. It's, it's better to do that, spend $100. Like The insurance doesn't cover that takes you about an hour and you know it's better than going through what i went through yeah you bet you know bet my father went through a stroke here a few years ago and so i read up on all the signs of stroke and heart attack to make sure that uh you know that you just like you said because sometimes you just don't know it could be a pain in the arm it could be heartburn it could be shortness of breath and you know better safe than sorry in those situations for sure so it's always good to educate yourself on what could happen, and that sounds like a good test maybe to uh, to drop a $100 bill on just to make sure that you know what's coming. So good good, good call on that. Uh, yep, exactly. We're glad to have you back with us. So, um, But let's get to the meat of the call, what we were talking about uh, now that we've PSA'd everybody on making sure to check their heart health because you just never know. Life is too short. Uh, but let's get, uh, let's get over to the uh, – uh, let's get over to the discussion on uh, on some of the bills that are going on through. Now, as a member of the minority, I can imagine that this is probably one of the ultimates of frustration is having to deal with what's going on in the House right now, especially since, again, you guys have been kind of powerless over this uh, <clears throat> cabal uh, that's made up of uh, Democrats and Republicans that are kind of lording it out over you. Um, but I know that you have been working on some bills on education, and we've talked about education on this program uh, especially recently, we've talked about it quite frequently. Not just the, uh, not just the scholastic scores, not just like the the waste and everything else. We've talked about the the costs, you know, the base student allocation, how the uh, the administrative costs have well overrun uh, what they should be compared to what they were back in the seventies, and and how it seems like the education establishment is just continually looking for more money for a system that's fundamentally broken. Um, but, uh, what, 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 what kind of bills have you been working on to address, you know, the scholastic achievement, the costs and the, uh, just the overall problems that are in, uh, in our education system right now? Well, I've actually got seven bills that's related to education. Um, so last year when I started down here, you keep hearing about, Oh, we got pink slips going out, and the teachers are going to quit, and this and that. So I put a bill in it, HB 191. Of course, none of these bills are going anywhere. And I've even had uh, some in the majority say, man, these are great bills. And I said, well, get them to move. 
But uh, the HB 191 is uh, <clears throat> deals with the, the budget, and it's a bill that states if, of course, the state's not going to have their budget done, but the school district gets their budget ready by May 1st when it's supposed to be done. If the state doesn't have their budget done, it will revert back to the previous year. So there's no pink slips. You're going to be paid, or the teachers and administration will be paid what their contract was the previous year. And so there's no breakup. Then once the state gets their budget done, then everything will be uh, readjusted. The thing there is if they happen to go down, they still get their higher rate pay from the previous year. And then it'll be readjusted after that. Right. So, so uh, and I said, that's set in there. But uh, one of the other bills I have is it's an education scholarship, HB 329. This one is the one that I think is going to be uh, the most important because it it establishes an education scholarship program. And, of course, in our Constitution, we cannot give money to a school, but we can give it to the parents. The parents can choose whichever school they go to. Right. Now, there are a lot of stipulations in this. They have to sign a contract. The parents do. They have to show receipts. All they will get is the BSA. It's a, 50, a little over $5,900 per, per student, which will probably pay for whatever school they want to go to. So in my opinion, HB 329 is going to be the, one of the most important bills to, to get passed. And again, I'll keep bringing this up. They're not going anywhere this year. But I started going through lining everything up. So when we come back in the majority next year, these bills are ready to go. So would you say uh, HB 329 is kind of your backpack education funding where the money follows the student versus uh, uh, versus uh, following the school itself, where the funding can go where the student needs to go? Yes. Yeah. Um, funding programs is not working. So we need to fund the student, not the program. And that's that's kind of the problem is we're funding programs and not the student. So... Um, you know, like I said, we need to have the money follow the child, and that's that's beginning to be a theme all across the country. Right. No, the definitely so, that's gain that's gaining traction and gaining steam. Um, I mean, you you said you got what seven different bills on education. Um, you know, the 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 main problem with education is, in my opinion, at this point, is that basically everything's locked into a funding formula. I mean, we got this formula, and the formula is basically disproportionately benefits. I think the administrative and the overhead side instead of the actual in the classroom teaching side. And that money continues to go up every year. <clears throat> we had a chart up here last week where we were talking about, you know, you could the education system at a glance from 20, 1970 to the modern day. And you could see that while the student body has increased slightly, the overhead, the spending, and the administrative side of these things have just exploded. Uh, you know, there's two or three administrators per student more than there were when I went to high school here in Alaska. And uh, we could see that that overhead continues to grow. And every time that the, the base student allocation goes, it, it just it, it just kind of continues. And yet everybody seems to be afraid to dig into the formulas, which are the root cause of what's going on, these automatic escalators, these automatic increases. And uh, until somebody addresses that, 
I don't think that that we're going to solve any of this, Ron. I think the problem is is that you know we're refusing to admit that the system that we have right now is fundamentally flawed and broken. Um, I mean, is anybody talking about this at the, on the legislative side? Um, basically, there's only a couple of us actually working on education items, um, except the Democrats who want to just keep adding more money to it. Um, so as far as that part, um, I'd have to check into it. I'm not sure exactly what's going on as far as the system. But uh, checking into I went to I've done a lot of research on spending, and I took a, an NEA, National survey poll alaska spends twenty thousand five hundred and fifty three dollars per student on average our teachers are paid the 10th highest in the nation and what was ironic about this nea poll is we have icer who uh, is independent in the state of alaska and we went into our education committee meeting and they were icer um, people were talking, and I started countering their numbers. And um, Grier Hopkins from Fairbanks, he started in asking, you know, where are you getting your numbers at? And I says, right here, NEA. And he he, uh, he would question it. And I would read the numbers off of the – I mean, it's a, it's a pretty thick packet. Right. And, and I'd start going through these numbers. And the average – you know, they say, we got too many kids in the classroom. Average classroom is 15 students per teacher. And, uh, you know, this is off of ICER. Well, you know, they're not taking in cost of living. So I pull up this page. Cost of living, we are fifth. There's five states that have a higher cost of living than Alaska does. Right. So with we the, are getting. With a lower educational cost for most of them. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. One of them is like $8,000 per student. And we're at 20000 So, I mean, by, by the time we were through, Hopkins was spitting mad. <laughs> and that was great. You know, in a minority, there's only so much we can do. Right. We can communicate. Right. That's what we're doing. We can at least put the information forward there and demystify it for people and to counter the counter the arguments we keep hearing. Um, I love this idea. One of the things that's always well, let me let me get back to this. I want to. I'm, I'm, I just realized I'm up against the break, so let me take a quick break here, Ron. Hold the line. We're going to be back. Ron Gillum is our guest. Uh, But when I get back, I'm going to talk about one of my pet peeves when it comes to education and the way they manipulate the entire state. The education system manipulates the entire state around uh, budgetary times. I want to talk about that here in a minute and see what Ron has to say about that. The Michael Duke Show continues. Ron Gillum is our guest, GOP state rep for District 30. We'll be back with more and his thoughts right after this. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, we're in the break with Ron Gillum right now. And and we're happy to have him on the program talking about things... Uh, as well, boy, the, your conversation about the hospitals <clears throat> generated some real chat in the chat room this morning, Ron. Several people had to go through the same thing where they were in the hospital for days without anybody there being with them. 
Um, and I can't imagine that that is, uh, I can't imagine that that's an easy time for sure, especially being alone when it's all said and done. Um, but, uh, anyway, glad, to, glad that you're, you're outside of that now. Yeah. So am I, <clears throat> but, uh, and like I said, that was very unexpected, but, uh, you know, I recovered well, my, my scar is, is pinpoint size in my wrist. So they did, I ended up with a stent, um, you know, when uh, I go, I go back and look at what was happening at that time. And when I went to the hospital, you know, of course, I'm in an emergency room. And to me, the room was dark. And my wife says, it's an emergency room. It's lit up. And she's talking about all these alarms and bells and things going on. And, and to me, it was quiet because I was talking to my son and my daughter on the phone. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it sounds odd, but... Um, my son, of course, we are, we're very close. We have a very, very blessed with the family I have. We're very, very tight knit, but we're talking on the phone. And, uh, my son says, uh, so, uh, you guys pass this bill to where if you don't make it, I get your, your, uh, drawing permit, right? <laughs> uh, well, I think it passed. Sure. No problem. And the, the doctor's standing there looking at me and looking at the phone going, I can see it going through his mind. Like, really? You're close to dying and you're talking about permits. <laughs> but well hey you got important stuff that we got to make sure is taken care of as part of the estate right i mean that's the whole exactly. deal right? exactly but you know i was never afraid and uh that was kind of after the fact that was what really stood out to me was i wasn't afraid i knew i had two thoughts go through my mind laying there on that on the bed first was you know i'm gonna leave my family but they're gonna be okay and my second thought, believe it or not, was I'm not through in the Capitol. I have work to do. Right. So, you know, here laying there this close and you're thinking about, I got work to do in the Capitol. <laughs> and and I guess that's why as quick as I could, I came back because right. I have work to do. And, yeah. uh, you know, and that's, that's just the gist of it. But uh, I enjoy what I do down here. I enjoy the people I'm with. Even some on the other side, I mean, even Bryce Edgman and I have a, have a uh, you know a relationship. So I don't like his politics. Um, Stedman and Bishop, you know, we have a relationship. But I'm not going to change their mind. They're not going to change mine. But right. we can be cordial to each other. Now there are some I have want nothing to do with. But you know, when you uh, send scathing text to your constituents. Eh, what's it going to do to me? So, <laughs> if you, uh, I, I'm sure I, you know what that is. I know exactly <laughs> which one that is. That why don't you just move out of town if you don't like it? And I can't believe that. Yeah, we covered that pretty extensively uh, earlier or late last week. Uh, yeah. s- some of the yeah. commentary that we see. Yeah, I mean it's good to it's good to have folks like you in the in the legislature to deal with it, and uh, and I'm happy that you're down there for sure. Um, this, uh, but I, I love this idea of this bill that you were talking about, where it locks in the uh, where it locks in the 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 pay the pay for the teacher. Uh, if if an agreement is not reached, it pays them at the last agreed upon rate. Um, because uh, you know, sneak peek here, spoiler alert. But one of my pet peeve that I'm going to talk about when we return to radio is this fact that the education lobby continues to hold the whole state hostage with this this whole pink slip theater that we see going on all the time. And if you could short-circuit that with something like this, which makes sense, which is good for everyone, 
then um, I I don't see this as being a bad thing, quite honestly. Um, in fact, I, I see it as being a bit of genius at that point. Yeah, I actually I mentioned this on the floor one day, and I mean immediately I got a note from Garen Tarr, and she goes, "What bill is that?" So with that, of course, we have these diseases all the time. So I go over and tell her, it's just me. she goes, I haven't even heard of it. So the other side, they don't talk. I mean, they show up on the floor and argue. And uh, and then when the vote comes up, they all vote together lockstep. I mean, it right. doesn't matter. Every now and then, you'll get one to break, break uh, away. Um, on a PFD, um, Foster has actually voted for the full PFD, uh, I figure that's probably, he knows it's not going to pass. So, uh, you know, he's going to vote with us for a, a political vote. Right, right. But uh, but he's done it every time the full PFDs come up. Um, Neil Foster has voted for it. But like I said, I'm guessing that it's political and he knows it's not going to pass. Right. Well, let's, uh, we're about 25 seconds out here. Hold the... Uh... Hold the uh, uh, line here, Ron. We'll be right back to you. Uh, and we will continue this discussion talking about the education bills that Ron Gillum has been working on. And uh, we will continue with this here in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Like and share, like and share, like and follow. Subscribe and ring the bell. Hit the follow on Twitch. Let's do it. All right, welcome back to the program. We're continuing now our conversation with Ron Gillum, who is the uh, GOP state rep for District 30 down in the peninsula. We've been talking about education, and Ron was talking about a couple of the bills that he has. He's got seven different bills that deal with education. Uh, and one of them, the first one he talked about, basically would guarantee that if the we come we're coming towards budget t- season, and there's still not a budget fixed in for the school district yet, that there's a provision that he wanted to have put in law that would say, well, basically, teachers would be paid at the last agreed-upon rate uh, from their previous contract, uh, and and then it would be rectified once the budget is fixed. So if it goes up or down, that would be you know in the future, but it would be paid at the last rate that they'd received. And this would prevent something that has long been a pet peeve of mine, long been a pet peeve of mine, where the schools uh, in their districts utilize this political theater of issuing pink slips to all the different uh, employees prior to the uh, just prior to the budget process, uh, you know, being deliberated or going into its final phases. Uh, and it seems like it's written into the contract that they because they, they required it. They put it into the contract, the employee contract with the unions, that uh, if they don't have a budget by this time, then you have to issue pink slips to the teachers so that they may know that they may not get. doesn't matter if it's a 99.9% chance of it passing. You're going to get them pink slips. And, of course, every year the newspaper reports on, oh, my God, we're going to – we're going to kill 20% of the teachers jobs. We're going to we're going to eliminate all look at all these pink slips. And of course, nothing almost nothing ever happens on that. It's just nothing more than uh you know, hyping up and stirring up the community about why don't you care about the children? They're going to fire all these teachers. 
when we really know that it's not. That's been a pet peeve of mine ever since. I mean, when I was serving on the borough assembly in Fairbanks, um, I railed against this several times because they said, this is ridiculous. We know there's going to be a contract. We know there's going to be a budget. We know it's going to come out. This is nothing more than a sham to try and stir people up. Is that your point here on this, Ron, in this first bill that you were talking about, trying to get uh, trying to get around that or avoid that? Exactly. Like I said, this bill came out last year, and uh, I just I get tired of hearing about, oh, we got to get pink slips, and they're all going to get fired, and, and then, you know, wear the red for the teachers. And, and, I mean, I'm not against education. Jeez, I graduated from public school, and my kids graduated from a public school, and my grandkids graduate from public school, you know. But this power play that, and it's all pushed by NEA, I will tell you, it's all pushed by NEA. And uh, so this is just a way to tell the teachers, we are behind you 100%. If they're not going to get off the pot and help you out, then we will. So you are, you will get paid at least what you're getting paid right now. And once our, the state's budget is finalized, then we'll readjust everything. Like right. I said, it can't go down because you're working off of last year. Right. But, but, you know, I'm pretty sure it's going to go up it does every year. And, uh, you know, it, it was just a way around that. And if you can't, when I got down here, I found out things are not what you see. <laughs> what you watch on television, <laughs> that's nothing. Right. And there's ways around this, like this HB uh, 343, you know, or not 340, um, 342. So instead of the Constitution says you can't pay the school, a private school, but you can give the money to the teacher or to the parent. They can pick whatever school they want to. So it's kind of a roundabout way to get by that. And you just find those ways. And the same thing's happening with the dividend. Right. Deadman has tried to figure out a way around it. And he, he may have. But right. he's going to hurt most everybody in Alaska. Right. Except him. What? But, uh, um, but anyway, like I said, it's, it was just a way to keep this yearly springtime. Oh, pink slips are going to go out and we're going to have to fire all these teachers and we're going to have to do this. So it was just a way around that. Right. And to say, Hey, we will stand with you. Here's what's going to happen. And now I can't get it to move. Right. And what's the, what's it <laughs> what's the number on that budget bill again? HB 191. HB 191. Okay. Uh, which was you actually just led right into my next question. I mean, you just talked about two of the seven bills, the the one that per, you know prevents the pink slips, and the other one that is basically the backpack funding that we've been talking about on this program for the last two years. Um, and I'm, I mean, I'm glad somebody's finally putting it forward. Uh, but where are these bills? What is happening with with all of these bills? Can you give us the rundown on it? Well, about half of them are sitting in the education committee, of which I'm a member. But uh, Harriet Drummond and Andy Story are the two chair, the co-chairs, and they're not hearing them. But we got to hear the natural hairstyle bill. That was good. It got passed out. Um, <laughs> you know, this, this is the kind of stuff that we get to hear and pass out. But something like this, they don't. It's in a drawer somewhere. Right. Right. And that's what's frustrating. You right. get something that even. The majority go, man, that's a great bill, but yet they won't hear it. Uh, any chance you can do like a Rule 48 thing where you can force it to be passed out of committee, or do you not have enough support in the committee to do something like that? Um, I've talked about that, believe me. 
and uh, I don't think that would be the right thing to do. Um, I think there would be more repercussions than what it's worth. So in, in, at this late in the game, it's not going to go anywhere anyway. So we're right now, like I said, we've been lining everything up. So when we come back in the majority next year, then we can get this stuff done. I've already asked for the education chair, uh, committee chair position. And, uh, but, you know, there's, um, if you want, I'll go through these other seven bills real quick and kind of explain yeah, no, absolutely. what we're going to do in the interim. What we're going to do in the interim is we're going to combine some of these. Uh, like HB 328 will uh, probably combine with uh, HB um, uh, shoot. HB 329 and 328 will probably go together. That's a scholarship program. And then HB 328 allows a child to attend any school in a school district which they're residents in. So that's your backpack funding. Uh, so we're going to look at these bills again. Combine them down. The reason I have seven is we thought maybe, you know, they might pick one or two and, and put them through. Right. But we didn't want to make this huge omnibus bill with all of this. And then it's going to end up like HB 164 that has more garbage in it than right. what it should. And now um, SB 111, the, the read by nine bill from the Senate which has stuff in it I don't like. I don't like the pre-K stuff. But uh, they're right now trying to kill that. So they are adding so much stuff into that, and they're writing their own CS for it. And I've already been told that if they do that, then they're just going to stick it in a drawer someplace, and that's not going to pass. So I don't understand. We get bills that will actually help. They want nothing to do with it. Right, because they're more interested in the business as usual, the way things have always been done, which, of course, leads them to cry poor mouth that they need more money uh, in the future, uh, and they're happy with that. And, and of course, uh, anything you say against them means that you're against children, even though you've been putting bills together that would make the education uh, establishment work even better. I mean, have you gotten this message out to teachers? Have you gotten, I mean, especially on the bill that avoids the pink slips, have you gone out and talked to teachers groups, into the unions, into other people to say, "Look, this is a guarantee for you." Have you gotten support of those? Uh, you know, can you can you can you get the pressure to mount from outside these committees? I actually haven't been outside of Juno except uh, I went to the convention over the weekend, and then uh, unfortunately I went home for the heart procedure, and then I went back for the budget or for the uh, District Seven convention. So I haven't had a chance to get together with any of these groups but i've had had them come to my office and talk to them and when they start asking for more money i just look at them and say okay there's an issue if you will show me how you expect to fix the issues then you know then we can talk and right, um, right. They, they sit there and they look at you and you go well you know i want some <laughs> accountability right <laughs> and they have no answer. Right. No, no. The answer is more money. It's the money itself. That's the answer. It's not what they're going to do with the money. They don't want to have to answer those kind of questions. It definitely makes it difficult. Less than a minute here, Ron. Give us your final thoughts on where things are going and what we need to do. Well, um, you know, they keep call, saying, call your representative. Don't call the conservative representatives. Call others. Uh, call Stoops. Call Garantar. Uh, call Harriet Drummond, Andy Story, Sarah Hannon. I don't know if it'll do any good. They kind of 
don't listen to us or I don't think they listen to anybody else. But uh, but anyway, um, you know, we'll just keep up the fight and keep doing what we can and try and communicate. And uh, and that's about all we can do. Right. But um, what I, if you don't mind, what I'd like to say is coming up in the next couple of weekends on this coming Saturday, I know ranked choice voting is a big issue and I have done a, hours and hours of study on it. And I'm going to have at Kenai New Life in Kenai, I'm going to have a presentation on Saturday from 1 to 3. And anybody would like to come and see what I have, um, I would I would love to see you. All right. And then the weekend nope. after that, I'm going to be at the sports show for, for a Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday in the Okay. Got to go. All right. New Life Saturday. Sorry about that, Ron. We were up against the break. Uh, oh, no problem. Less than a minute means less than a minute, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, I tried to get it in. No, I know, I know. So, New Life this weekend, New Life Church, uh, from what time to what time? From 1 to 3, Kenai New Life in Kenai. Okay. And next and, weekend at the Sportsman's Show? Yeah, I'm going to be in the Kenai Peninsula Republican Women's Booth uh, and uh, from Friday night until Sunday afternoon, in which time I will head back down here. And okay. uh, hopefully I can have a lot of people come by and... And uh, I, I'm going to bring all my bills with me if they want to see them. Then I'll show them to me to them. And so uh, have a conversation, have it talk, talk it all out. All yep. right. Well, Ron Gillum, thank you for what you do. We appreciate it. Thank you for uh, being part of the show today. And uh, good luck with all these education bills. We'll uh, especially that backpack education funding. I think that will be one of the major changes that we uh, we should be looking forward to. I appreciate that. All right. So uh, I won't wait too long to call you back next time. Yeah, yeah, let's not do that. Let's uh, let's uh, get get you back on more often. Thanks for being part of it, Ron. I appreciate it. All right, thanks, Michael. Have a good one. Ron Gillum, our guest, GOP state rep from District 30. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, are they going to stream it for us, is Gordon just asked. I don't know. What are they going to be streaming for us? Oh, uh, you mean the the meeting? I don't know. I don't know. If somebody does something, you know, that, with the technology today, I don't know why, for example, if the Republican women in Fairbanks or some other organization is going to be putting on a lecture about ranked choice voting, I don't know why they wouldn't just live stream it or record it or live stream it and record it. I don't know why they wouldn't do I, – I don't know why they wouldn't do that you know, as well. I mean, that to me just makes sense. Leveraging that tech. I mean, I do it every day. So leveraging that technology would be, uh, ideal. Let's just put it that way. It would be ideal for sure. Um, all right. Um, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. RWF. I don't know what that means, but, uh, I, I, whatever. Good morning, Jennifer. Thanks for coming in this morning. And uh, talking with us. Um, sorry, Mike Shower's trying to call in and he can't because the phone was off the hook. Uh, again, okay. So I can't talk and type at the same time. Republican Women Fairbanks. Thank you, Jennifer. You know, the problem is, is in the chat room, sometimes it's running a little behind what I'm actually doing. And so I'll say something and like 60 seconds later, somebody will say something about what I said 60 seconds ago. And I can't hardly keep, I mean, I, I can't hardly keep track of myself, let alone anything else. So sometimes I got to, I got to ask the questions as to what people were looking for. 
Um, all right. Um, resp- responsibility and accountability are big words, but are the most important words in education. The system can be fixed if we want it to be. And I think that's the point that Ron was making is that some of these people, they don't want the system to be fixed because they like, I mean, right now it just hemorrhages money. And every time they ask for it, they get more money. And so it's a, it's a justification to continue. So they don't want to fix it. That's the whole point. Like I said, I mean, until you get down into this and fix the funding formulas and change the way that we do business, nothing's going to change. The overhead is going to continue to suck up the majority of the funds. You know, the funds aren't going into the classroom. They're being sucked up by the overhead. That's what it's all about. Um, let's try that again. Uh, just the uh, phone was there and then he just hung up. Dude. Um, again, question mark. Um, let's try that again. We're going to get, uh, couldn't hear you. Phones are terrible. Um, <clears throat> all right, we'll try it again. Are you with us now, Mike? That's better. I don't know what you were doing but just step away from the electromagnetic device. Um, <laughs> no comment. Yeah, exactly. Step away from the microwave. Um, all right. Um, if you, uh, you, you about ready, are you, are you full of V and P and V this morning? That's all I want to know. I, am I ever not? Well, some days are better than others. I just want to know if you had your Red Bull yet this morning. Did it, did it give you wings? That's, that's all I'm asking. Uh, all right, so you ready to you ready to dive into this and get ready to go? Yes. Okay. All right, bring it. We're gonna bring it. Uh, we're gonna bring it with a vengeance. Mike Shower is our guest this morning for hour two, the Shower Hour of Power, and we're going to uh, dive into the business, the business of the Senate, what they're dealing with. Uh, SB 199 and all the quotes from the Senate president about how this is going to be the cornerstone of their fiscal We're going to talk about all that this morning uh, and what uh, Mike Schauer actually thinks is going to be what he actually thinks is going to be happen, uh, happening. So um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what's going on. DeShaner says, I've been told some people should not drink Red Bull. Heresy. I mean, I'm just saying heresy. All right. Um, hold, the, hold the line. Mike Shower. Oh, man. If you folks would please like and share this video, that would be fantastic. Let's get more Alaskans involved in this. Let's get more people involved in the conversation. If you haven't sounded off in the chat room yet this morning, say hi. Just say hi. Say what's, talk about what's going on. Um, and make sure that you like and follow the show page on Facebook. Make sure you subscribe and ring the bell on YouTube. Make sure you follow on Twitch. What else? Oh, check out the Common Sense Core. Support the show. Last week we had a couple new members that signed up because, I mean, this is how we pay for new stuff like my computer that burned up and, you know, put gas in my car and stuff like that. This is how we do it right here. The Common Sense Core. Let's get into it. The Michael Duke Show. Hour two right now.
Whoa, buddy. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Oh, yeah. Live across the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukesShow.com, where you can pick up the live stream, find links to the podcasts and everything else. And, of course, broadcasting on terrestrial radio across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station, and or translator. Hello, my friends. How are you? Hour two. On the big in the in and on and around the big radio broadcast. Thank you for coming in today. We appreciate you guys being part of it. We just finished up with Ron Gillum, GOP rep from District 30, talking about his bills on education. He's got some good ones in there. Seven different bills, including one on backpack funding of education, one that protects against the pink slipping of teachers every year. I mean, this is some good stuff. And of course, the business as usual crowd. They don't want none of that because they want it to be crisis mode benefits them. Crisis mode is always helpful because then they can go, well, this is why we need more money because of the crisis. You could have fixed it. No, no, no. We couldn't have fixed it. We need it to be a crisis. We could. Anyway, <clears throat> good discussions with Ron. If you missed it, you can go back and uh, listen to it on the podcast, which is available everywhere, wherever podcasts are sold <clears throat> or given away. You know what I mean? Hour two of the program, no, though, Mike Schauer, our guest, uh, Mike Schauer, state senator from District E, for what we like to call, poetically, the shower hour of power. I mean, we just like to do that, so it's uh, because we're weird that way. Mike Schauer, our guest. Good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? You know, I am uh, not doing too bad, my friend, not doing too bad. Here you are in the final stretch. What are you two and a half weeks out right now from the uh, from the end of the of the session? Something like that. Um, yeah, about about three ish. Three ish, somewhere in I there. Think, right. I think Wednesday, three days. Actually, about three to, three weeks from now. Wednesday is the last day. Yeah, I was just going to say. So you're like two and a half, three weeks out, and uh, we're getting down to the nitty gritty here. The House has passed their budget. The Senate has not passed a budget, although it has passed out of its committee, its finance committee. Uh, a bill that uh, is supposed to fix it all, fix it all. This will address the PFD issue. It will change the formula. It will make everyone happy. Um, and yet it passed out of committee without enough votes guaranteed to pass on the floor, meaning it's going to be a contentious week. Um, give us an update, my friend. What's the status of H of SB 199? Uh, and uh, what... Give us give us some of your thoughts on this thing as uh, as we dive into this specific bill here. First things first. Well, let's talk about the most important things. First of all, the comment about Red Bull 
I believe is absolutely inappropriate, and <laughs> I reject uh, her reality, and I substitute my own. Okay. Because I love Red Bull. So, just, so that's, <laughs> that's love, the baseline. That's because somebody said, no, no, Red Bull. Hey, you know what? Whatever, whatever gets you going in the morning, whether it's a double tall monster and a cup of coffee together – or I mean, people used to say I'd walk into the you know I walk into the cafe and say uh, I need a I need a red eye four shot red eye and they'd be like what I'm like I want a four shot which is red eye or uh, shot in the dark is a it's basically brewed coffee with four shots on top of it and they'd be like you're gonna kill yourself and I'm like yeah but what a way to go man what a, yeah man what a We're way gonna to go go big that's right go big or go home uh, anyway whatever whatever gets you going in the morning my friend I'm okay with. Uh, all right, but let's dive down into this because, I mean, there's a lot of things that are still – we still have to talk about It's going on in the Senate, but this is the one that should be sucking up all the oxygen in the room. So let's talk about that first. All right, and so there are two things for me sucking the oxygen out of the room. So I'm really in outer space right now as far as the availability of any oxygen to breathe, uh, and <laughs> we'll talk about the other one later, but SB 39 is – Finally, tomorrow in front of the Senate um, as part of the election stuff, so we'll get to it. So you asked the other question for Senate Bill 199. So I was sitting with a few senators yesterday talking about the path forward and what it looks like. And remember, Mike, we've talked in the program a number of times. I've been harping this since last September, trying to get people in the legislature, leadership, well, certain people in leadership in the legislature, to entertain the plan, to bring it up, to push it, to try to get it there as at least the discussion, if nothing else, on a path forward. And it has not come forward. The only parts that have come up in pieces have been, well, we need tax. You know, or we need to, you know, change the formula on the dividend. Um, you know, some of us are going, yeah, you need the whole package, right? Because there was X number of us, you know, about 12 or so total, that right. maybe eight or nine that were really there, but about 12 total on that fiscal policy working group. And we were very clear, Mike, unanimous, you have to have all these pieces for it to work. Right. If you only raise taxes, a bunch of us are, well, the heck with that. Well, we're not going to be on board with that. Let me, let me unpack this for the listeners real quick because you and I are kind of in the know, and so okay. I, I just want to catch that. the listeners up. Inside SB 199, in the intent language, it basically says something along the lines of, this executes the vision of the fiscal Wrong policy working group. Stop. I mean, no, it doesn't. <laughs> what, it does It does it No. Does, well, it doesn't say that, or it doesn't execute the will. Oh no, no, it says it. It's that's it. That's what. Mike. That's what. That's what I'm just trying to say. See, the, so this is what my setup was. This is what the intent language says. Oh, it it fulfills the vision of the. But what it does is it pulls like two things out. It pulls out the PFD formula, and it pays out pulls out the taxes formula. And yet, what the fiscal policy working group came together unanimously. This diverse group of different philosophies, far left, far right, everybody in the middle, they all came together and said, what we need is a holistic approach of these five or six things all, and you can't take them out piecemeal. They said that in their in your final decision. You guys said that. And yet, Stedman writes this intent language like, oh, this fully executes the will of the fisc. It's the first time we've heard the fiscal policy working group be referenced in a bill the entire session. No, there's been no presentation on it. There's been no outlay. There's been nothing else. But this, he says, executes the will of the fiscal policy. That was that's what that's the setup that I wanted to get to. And you well, said no. I know it's not true, Mike, because 
it says that this executes it, and we know that it does not. You've just said it. It's just like Ronald Reagan said it, kind of put it out there for some humor. It's not, you know, and of course he was talking about Democrats, so I'm just talking about the plan and those that, you know, say we're doing the plan. It's not that what they say is true. It's just that so much of what, no, what did you say? It's not that they're wrong. It's just so much of what they know isn't true. Something like that. It's kind of one of those right. old quotes, you know. <laughs> but let's let's be honest, Mike. The plan had everything. So we said if you're going to solve it, it has to do something in the Constitution with the permanent fund dividend so it's off the table. Otherwise, it's pointless because if it's statutory, nobody on the planet trusts this legislature to follow the statutes. That's been the running joke, right? So if you don't put something that locks it away in the Constitution, it's going to fail. If you if you just change the statute, that's the problem, right? So it's got to be statutory change plus locking it away in the Constitution. However we do it, we had different ideas for that. You have to do something with the constitutional spending cap, because those of us that said we'll accept taxes only if we change the spending cap to stop this problem moving forward, the holistic approach, right? And finally, there were required reductions. We had to get hundreds of millions of dollars in reductions, too. So I'm looking at Senate Bill 199. What does it have in it? Right now, not all, oh, and by the way, 50-50 of the, the, uh, mm-hmm. the draw from the permanent mm-hmm. fund or, or the percent of market value, the 5% right. SP26, that 50-50 was the minimum that we unanimously agreed had to be used. You could not do more for government and less of the people, and you couldn't do more for the people and less the government out of that um, draw. It had to be a 50-50 or it wasn't going to work. No 50-50, right? Um, long term, it's only 50-50. If you get $800 million, the poison pill, right, right, of taxes, there's nothing in the spending cap. There's nothing in the Constitution. They don't even have conditional language for those things in there. Mike, it's not even close to the holistic approach. It's not even close to solving the problem. And I'm quite frankly, was sitting with some senators yesterday talking about it. I don't see a path forward to get 11 votes yeah. to pass it because we're not we're not even solving half of the problem. It's only things that certain people want. They want the statutory change, so they st- they stop getting beat up about it. Right. I get that. Right. I understand. Yep. But you're not solving the problem because they come back next year, nonetheless, they go, well, you know, it's 50-50, yeah, but, you know, it's statutory, and, you know, we got to make, you know, the group that I support happy, so uh, we're going to have to go to 60-40, or we're going to have to go back and arbitrarily set whatever amount we want. Do go whether you change the statute, yeah, but we don't have to follow it because the Supreme Court said we don't. Well, and that's so the thing. It's pointless. That, that's the whole point of this whole this whole thing is always, you know, when I first saw this and all the <laughs> – the pros and cons and the people decrying over here and people acclaiming over here. And in the end, I looked at somebody and I said, you understand that this changes nothing, right? If they pass this tomorrow, it wouldn't matter because it's all statutory. If something changes next year, they can come back and say, well, it's a statute. We don't have to follow it. We could have a huge knockdown, drag out, two week fight, 178 amendments on the floor to the bill, and it could pass. And then it wouldn't matter a whit. Because it's statutory, and they can do, they, the legislature, can do whatever the hell they want. And depending on the governor, they will too, right? So, you know, if the previous governor were to come back, you might as well just give up on the, the permanent fund dividend. It's gone, right? Depending well, you know, on who comes back to the legislature, Mike. So that's, that's a problem. And what's the foundation? What are we speaking of here that's the foundational problem? It's trust. The people and a number of legislators do not trust that we are going to follow the law on the permanent fund dividend if it's only in statute. The highest bar we have is the Constitution, and I've heard it here and others. I know some people say, we don't even follow parts of that. 
that may be true. But generally speaking, the bar of the Constitution has been something that the legislature has not been able to jump over as a hurdle mm-hmm. so far. Right. And the courts have generally generally held, you know, that there's something in the Constitution that kind of has to be followed. So, right. you know, Mike, we've talked about it here. I talked about a certain Juno representative, House representative, that admitted right on radio program here locally she wasn't going to follow the uniform rules. Remember, in the order of precedence of law, how high it is, it's the Constitution, it's the uniform rules that we vote on and operate under in the legislature, and it's statutes. There's a bunch of legislators who don't even follow the uniform rules. So, you know, why in the world are we going to go back down the path of a statutory change without the other elements that are required to make it an enduring change. Right. Why are we going to go down this path without solving the problem? Because if we don't solve all of it, or at least if we're going to do the permanent fund dividend, because that's really what we're talking about here in this one, if we're going to do it, then solve it correctly. Statutory change and the permit or the permanence of the constitutional amendment to go with that statutory change. So at least that's off the table. If you're not going to vote on and push the the constitutional amendment part of it, then we are wasting our time, in my opinion, and we might as well just go right to the constitutional convention. Right, right, exactly. Uh, Mike Schauer is our guest, uh, state senator for District E. We're talking about uh, SB 199, uh, which is the new permanent fund formula bill, uh, which, of course, you know, this has become this has become his new his new favorite play. Uh, him being uh, Bert Stedman, the co-chair of the finance. This is the third year in a row he's created bills that have poison pills inside of them with contingencies based on things down the road, whether it is you vote for it or I cut all the funding to a certain uh, road that, uh, you know, the deadliest road in Alaska, and uh, I cut all the funding to that, or you you tow the line over here and you do this, or now in this instance, we'll give you the 50-50, but only this year, and then next year you've got to come up with a new uh, plan, otherwise it goes to 75-25, which is what I wanted to begin with, because I know there's no way you're going to be able to generate $800 million in new revenue. This is all just becomes a game. It all becomes a and, delaying and, and a and stalling tactic. Think about it. Think about it, Mike. Who is that $800 million of taxes directed at? There's a number of us that are Republicans or more conservative, trying to be, you know, as socially and fiscally responsible as we can be in trying to juggle, you know, 10 different balls, so to speak, to make this work. And you put in taxes. What's the hard part for us with taxes? Most of us don't want taxes, right? Right. I've said I'll go to some small taxes. I said I'd look at a small change, the per barrel credit, small sales tax, whatever, to try to help balance, you know, and I also said I'd go to 50-50 versus statutory, which is a little bit more to government over time and a smaller dividend. It's still the 50-50, but it's smaller, It's which means more to government. I'm willing to do that if it's locked away in the Constitution, as I've said a hundred thousand times here, mm-hmm. and we're going to solve the problem. But if we're not solving the problem, I'm out, because it's wasting our time. And right. so that $800 million was directed at certain legislators that are paying in the rear end because they don't want taxes. So that was designed specifically to make it hard for us to vote for that. Yeah. And you go back to what's the, what's the current plan? It's like, so you're going to go at the 50-50 this year when we are, as Roger Hall says, drowning in money, and yet you're going to go right back to like an $1,100 than a $1,200. Another arbitrary number, just picking a number, doing what you want, and say you got to generate $800 million in taxes, right? So it's meant to be unpalatable, Mike. It's meant to be painful. It's meant to hurt people. That's why it's being done the way it's done. 
we didn't have but a couple hundred million dollars in taxes in the fiscal policy working group. wasn't even close to this amount. And remember, it had reductions as part of the plan, too. Where's the reductions in this bill? Yeah. Where's the permanence of a a constitutional amendment or conditional language in this bill? Where's the spending cap change to the current constitutional one that doesn't work in the bill? Where are those things at, Mike? Right. not there. Well, again, why this whole discussion from the Fiscal Policy Working Group, which I thought was very reasoned, it came out well. You had all these different, again, different people in this committee who were both, you know, left, right, progressive, conservative, moderates, all everybody on all sides, and they all came together and said, these are the things we need to deal with, and we need to deal with them together, holistically, not pick them off one at a time. And yet, that's exactly what's happened. Again, missing everything you just talked about, spending cap reductions, adjustment to the oil, uh, to the oil taxation, uh, um, you know, all these different things that should have been included with it. None of them were. And what you, what I'm hearing now from you, and I'm down to 30 seconds here, what I'm hearing now from you is that all of this was intentional to make it de- de- determinedly unpalatable. Yeah, we'll talk about it after the break because I can't even get started in 15 seconds. Goodness gracious. <laughs> All right, hold the line. Jeez, <laughs> not falling for it. And he's uh, he's all he's all on. All right, the Michael Duke show continues. We got more coming up. State Senator Mike Shower is our guest. We will continue with our discussions with him in just a moment. Make sure you don't forget to come check us out on Facebook. Just you and me and eighty of our closest friends hanging out this morning. Facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show slash live. If you want to be part of it, come join the conversation. Don't forget to check us out, by the way, on the Common Sense Core. Going to talk more about that here in a second. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. All right, we're in the break. I think Joseph just completely encapsulated the entire ideal here, Mike. He says, this passes if the sky is blue, but if it's raining, you only get $7. But if it's raining and above 57 degrees, you get a cup of coffee and a pancake. But if that pancake has maple syrup on it, you get 17 But if it's a waffle, you get water with no ice. But if you fly to Amsterdam on a Friday, you get steak and eggs and two pancakes. This is Stedman Logic. Does he mind if I read that on the floor during the debate over the bill? Oh, I think that should be perfect, man. That is perfect right there. That is it. Contingent on contingency on top of contingency and everything else. I mean, I, I, you're right. This whole thing, it is intentional. And they're essentially, basically, this is a mockery. This is a mockery of what's going on. So tell me, Mike, um, how's that uh, will of the caucus working out for us? Well, we already know that's just another big joke. I'm just I'm trying to stick it in and break it off, Shower. That's what I'm trying to do. This is the will of the caucus. I was promised by the president of the Senate that they would be exercising the will. If it was the will of the caucus, Mike, we would have already brought it to the floor for a vote because there would have been 11 votes. Right. The reason this is contentious, the reason we're not at the floor right now is because I'm not sure, quite frankly, because of just how screwed up this bill has become, how convoluted how based on layer upon layer of contingency that only a couple people not want, but not everybody, I don't know if there's a path to get 11 votes with it. I'm not sure if we're able to amend it to something in a more amenable form that we can get 11 votes for, quite frankly. 
um, because it's designed this way, Mike. If this was going to be about the PFD, it would have been about the PFD only. Even if it was just statutory change, it would probably have a chance of passing. Maybe not all of us voting for it right. because it didn't have the, P- the permanent side with the constitutional protection. But it will be about the PFD. But what you've done here is you've purposely ripped out parts that were painful, which is the tax part, knowing that there's no spending cap provision coming with this, no part of the constitutional amendment, knowing that a good portion of the Senate does not agree with that or want that, and you're doing it anyways. It's designed to fail. It's what SB, it's literally a worse version of SB 53 from last fall that failed, because that only had $700 million poison pill taxes. This one's got $800 million, making it even more painful. Right. Right? So if you were going to do this and you had a real intention of this passing, Mike, then you would have at least only addressed the permanent fund dividend statutory change and perhaps the constitutional amendment side by pulling that out, which is still sitting in finance and has been sitting there forever. SGR six, I believe, is the number for right. this year. Yeah, and so we're not addressing the problem. You didn't. You can't legitimately say. You cannot honestly say it is the intent to follow the fiscal policy working group when you've ripped it apart. And in the fiscal policy working group plan, it said clearly all of this has to happen, and these things are tied to those things. Taxes are tied to the spending cap. Statutory change tied to the constitutional amendment on the permanent fund dividend and reductions to spending. You can't split them up like this and make it work. They're not stupid, Mike. They're not. Their votes are their votes. They can do what they want and, and respond to their own constituents and people. But you don't get a pass on saying this is the will of the fiscal policy working group, and everybody knows it's not because all you have to do is open it and read it, and it says so. Sorry. No. So what are the chances of uh, what are the chances of, uh, of you being able to strip out you know, all, like say, for example, all the taxation, the, the poison pill part of it, and just have the statutory language in there for the change to the 50-50. What do you think the chances are of something like that? Well, the chances are high of rain tomorrow. Uh, I am in Juneau. It's raining right now, so 100%. That the attempts will be made to change the bill from its current form that is unworkable to something that would actually be a part of the fiscal policy working group plan. Because some members of the Senate are certainly going to try to do that, and I really wouldn't talk about that at this point in time, but somebody will. And the goal will be, Mike, is to, is to change it to a portion of the fiscal policy working group plan that helps solve the problem long term. Yeah. Um, and you're going to have to have a statutory side of that. You're going to have to have a constitutional side. And like I said, I'm not even sure we can get to 11 on it. And if we can't get to 11, we're probably certainly not going to get to 14 for the constitutional amendment side and got it, uh, even got if even if the senate did it i don't think the house can all right where are we at mike rebecca Con- oh hold on hold on hold on i'm gonna wind you up here all right we're gonna jump into this here back to it the michael duke show common sense liberty-based free thinking radio All right, we're continuing with Mike Shower. I just happened to ask him the question, uh, you know, with SB 199 on the floor, does he think uh, that they're going to be able to, uh, does he think that they're going to be able to maybe strip out some of the bad things and make it, you know, make it better, make it fly? Uh, and we're going to get his answer to that. He started and then he got started to get wound up and I had to just 
I gave him a Valium, and he's hanging out in the green room right now just trying to decide how to cope with that. We're going to have him answer that question here in a second. But first, I need to mention a sponsor of the program, and that would be your friends over at the Bivy Stick. That's right, the Bivy Stick. B-I-V-Y, like bivouac. The Bivy Stick. What is it? Well, it's this little tiny device right here. I'm holding it in my hand. It's it's not very big. It's not, it's not very big. It's about half the size of your cell phone, and it turns your cell phone into a satellite communications device. Now, that doesn't mean you can talk on your cell phone. It doesn't do voice, but for $199, it allows you to send text messages, to send uh, uh, emails, to send your location, to report back into friends, families, loved ones about what you're doing, you know, what you're doing, where you're going. Uh, it has a mapping feature inside of it. It's got all the maps loaded in it that you could use. Uh, it's got weather forecast. It's got regular aviation, marine forecasts, and everything else. This is the ultimate piece of kit for your adventures anywhere in the state. Um, and you could be just a hiker. Uh, or you could be a snow machiner or somebody who loves to use ATVs, go off-road, hang gliding, uh, pilots, uh, boats, uh, boaters, rafters, uh, riverboat drivers, whatever it is, this little piece of kit will do more for you than anything else as far as that peace of mind of knowing that anywhere, anytime, you can be in contact with those you love. Five days of continuous usage off of a single battery charge. Again, it'll send a text message or an email, or you can drop just your location on a map with a pin and have it sent to somebody. It's got a little button on it right here that's got a little check mark. That's the check-in button. You mash the button. It says, hey, with a little pre-type message that you set up, hey, I'm okay. Here, you know, this is up. Here's where I am. Gives you the map coordinates. On the bottom of it, it's got this little flap with a little red flap, and you pull it up and you push the little red button, and it says, help me, I've hurt myself, I've fallen, I can't get up, whatever. Come get me, send help now, and it gives your location. This is extremely useful if you're soloing, doing things out there on your own, or if there is a disaster, something goes wrong, whether it's the earthquake in 18 or a tsunami or thermonuclear war, I don't know, whatever, whatever it is that causes the cellular towers to either go down or be severely congested so you can't get through on your cell phone, you could still send a text message or an email via Bivy Stick. It's perfect. Yes, somebody in the chat room just said, perfect for prospectors. Yep, you're a gold miner way out in the 40 miles somewhere. Here it is right here, this little tiny device. And 199 bucks. You're not, you're not going to get any – no activation fees. they got plans for as low as $14 a month. Uh, they got unlimited plans. The one I'm on is the unlimited plan, and it's 45 bucks a month. But it's worth it. If I need to send a thing, if I need – it's right there. And they can send stuff back to you as well. Two-way communication. It's beautiful. Beautiful. So if you're a hunter, fisher, snow machiner, doctor, tow truck driver, soccer mom, Avon lady – gynecologist or tax collector every one of you could use a bivy stick you'll find it at arctic fire and safety in fairbanks kodiak it's radar alaska communications north and seward london marine electronics in dutch harbor south central radar on the spit in homer and in wasilla anchorage or soldatna you can uh, go to your local safe and sound and talk to them there 
Uh, and, of course, you can always go to SatelliteWest.com if you want to do it. Um, <clears throat> it's good stuff. Uh, thank you to Bivy, by the way, the Bivy Stick. And uh, thank you for sponsoring the program. All right, before I put him into his uh, little round corner there to percolate on my question about what we could do to fix SB199, could we fix it? Could we remove the $800 million poison pill and just go with a statutory change? Mike Shower was starting to get wound up there before we came back from the break. So let me pose that question to him again. Again, sir, can we fix it? Can we make it right on the floor and salvage something out of this hot, hot chocolate mess? Well, anything is possible, Mike. Now, I would be remiss if I was to say that nobody is going to try to amend that bill whenever it comes to the floor. I am 100% positive that that's going to happen. As far as who and what, I mean, all kinds of options are on the table, I'm sure. So we'll just have to wait and see on that particular point. However, I will say from the montage where you read from, I think you said it was Joseph, that had his rather eloquent um, layer-upon-layer analogy for this plan um, for contingency language, that, as we got into it, if your real goal was truly to solve the problem, you would not take mixing elements from the fiscal policy working group plan or you know report, and it was very clear that the statutory change was tied to constitutional member protection of the dividend, so it was off the table. It was very clear that tax increases would be tied to the spending cap change of the Constitution, so those things were off the table. It was very clear that then there would be spending cut reductions to, to state spending that were a part of this overall plan. What this does, Mike, is none of that. What this does is only does statutory change so certain legislators of the permanent fund dividend formula, so legislators, some of them, stop getting beat up about it because that's what they're tired of being beat up about, not following the law, right? And it takes the tax provision that some legislators have to have to be a part of changing the formula. But it doesn't do anything about permanent protection of the dividend in the Constitution. It doesn't do anything, Mike, about limiting our spending moving forward and not getting here again because certain legislators said, we don't need a spending cap. We have a cash flow problem. We have the POMV draw that's going to be our spending cap. There's a certain legislator that's running for office again that while she was here said that we don't need a spending cap because we have the POMV. But guess what? We just saw from the Alaska State Chamber of Commerce, Dittman polling come out that says that one of the highest priorities of Alaskans, one of the most sought after in the data across the board solutions to where we are is a spending cap. Now that Former legislators back say, oh, I believe in a spending cap. Funny how that is, Mike. Funny how that is. We're not solving the problem with Senate Bill 199 unless it is amended, which I don't know that we have 11 votes to do that in any variation of this. Because if you go to, you know, a statutory dividend or a 50-50 dividend, right, in this, and it doesn't have the taxes, you're going to lose a bunch of people. They want to see the taxes. If you put the taxes in, you're going to lose a bunch of other people. You're not going to get to 11 votes to make this work. If you don't have something about the Constitution, right, tied to it with conditional language, because then you'd have to pull forward the constitutional amendment out of finance where it's still sitting and languishing to die, right, right then you're going to lose people that are not going to come in. Why are, we, why are you going to lose those people, Mike? Because all of them are going, hey, no problem. 
But if you don't do this thing in the appropriate order, if they're not tied to each other with conditional language, you're not solving the problem. We're not going to fall for it again, Mike, the Charlie Brown Lucy. We're going to promise you this time I'm not going to pull the football out this year or next year, wink, wink, or four years from now, trust us, Lucy, trust us, right? We're going to do it this time. I'm going to leave the football. You'll kick it. You're going to get field goal this time. No, Mike. And we've been through this rodeo before back last fall. That this is Senate Bill 53 in an even worse form. Right, because exactly. Because now it's got even more taxes in the poison pill than it did last fall when we killed it. But Mike. And it should have died. But Mike, but Mike, the, the Senate president assured us that this is the cornerstone of sound fiscal policy. Well, look, he's not <laughs> wrong if you're doing the whole thing or the appropriate <clears throat> parts of it tied together. But no, no. my point, Mike, my counterpoint to whoever says that is that then you have to solve it correctly. You have to solve it in a way that pulls enough people on board to pass it. You have to solve it in a way that is a permanent solution. And if you only do statutory change, again, I say, how many times do I have to say it? Nobody trust us. Because we've demonstrated for years, we're not going to follow the statutes if we don't like them. Right. And oh, by the way, we don't have the political courage to actually propose solutions until now, when some of us have, that step to a place that we can solve them where nobody's particularly happy. Those of us that want statutory PFD moving forward and, and smaller government aren't real happy with this, but the votes are clearly not there. Those that want more taxes to pay for it from the wealthy, whatever, they're not particularly happy they're not getting all they want. Those that want to hit the oil, they're not getting all they want. Nobody was in that plan, Mike. That's the reason it worked. Right. Is because it was everybody had to give something, the sausage, right? The the ugly sausage making right. of, of legislation to get a permanent solution. But I'm not gonna jump on board, Mike, to a bill or a plan that doesn't solve this long term. I could do it in steps as much as I don't want to. If it was just a permanent fund dividend, if that's truly what this bill was, and it had conditional language for a <laughs> the constitutional amendment, if that doesn't pass then this bill doesn't doesn't go into law, then I could do that. I could. Because at least it's conditional, right? But I'm not going to go vote for a bill that increases taxes with those spending cap that prevents us from spending more moving down the line. And it's just statutory change in the permanent fund dividend. We'll get screwed. We've gotten screwed every year. We're going to get screwed again. I'm not stupid. I know what's next. They're going to come out and say, well, we don't follow that law. Well, then I'm not going to do it. Right. right? Exactly. The catch-all, the safety, the protection is the conditional language that's not in there. The protection of knowing the permanent fund dividend will be protected in the Constitution moving forward with something as simple as the fiscal policy working group put forward, right? which was there will be a permanent fund dividend paid every year in accordance with the statute. Any changes moving forward must be approved by the people. We had that in the version that Senate Judiciary put out of Senate Bill 53 last year. Of course, they stripped it out of finance again. Right. But, Mike, you could say there will be a PFD paid every year in accordance with the statute, and, that, and you stop there. That's meaningless. Right. It means nothing, right? Because then the, all that means is the legislature can come back and pay a $1 PFD. Okay. And they can say, well, we're, we're following the, you know, hey, we're, we're, even if you're not following the statute, what's it matter? Because the Supreme Court has already ruled, and it's right. them that we don't have to follow the laws because it's just a statute, Mike. Right. Exactly. All right. We uh, don't have to follow them. Uh, I hate to rein you in, but you got two minutes you here. I, I want to give you the I want to give you the I want to give you the two minute warning here before we hit the break. Um, so what's I think the, we've made our point. Yeah. So what's the long and the short of this? Do you think that this bill 
is essentially doomed? I mean, does it get voted down? Does it get amended so badly that it's unrecognizable? What Give us what you think is going to happen two minutes, for real. I, it, uh, I can do that in two minutes, because it's, it's a pretty simple answer, Mike. I It is possible that legislators are going to cave, right, because we've never seen them cave before on the floor at the last minute to something. So it is possible a few legislators will cave. And when I say cave, I mean from you know whatever their campaign position was of supporting a full dividend or a 50-50 or whatever it is, um, I say by cave on, on that particular position to something else on the floor, whether it was Senate Bill 199 in its current form or whether it's amended to something. It's always possible one, two, three legislators will cross the line. I mean, how many times have you watched them wait and look at the board and then sit there and stare at it for a minute before they vote, right? Because they're trying to calculate if their vote really matters or not and they got right. top cover. I mean, we've right. seen it so many times. So in the final answer, since we only had two minutes or so, is – I have a hard time right now, Mike, getting to 11 votes when I look at it based on who wants what and what they want to see for a, you know, a solution to this problem. So, but it is possible that some version of this bill will come out. I will be surprised if we're able to get it uh, uh, with conditional language for requiring a constitutional amendment to pass so that you know, we're not all left behind and we really haven't solved the problem. So we'll see where it goes and how amendments on the floor of the battle goes, but uh, – I got to tell you, it's going to be close either way. I, I see this as a real close battle, and I could not predict for sure who might switch their votes at the last minute or based on the amendments and pass or not. But it's going to be—I I predict it to be pretty close. I still have a hard time seeing how it's going to pass in its current form. I don't think it will, but you know, we'll see. How was that? That was good. good. That was good. You you actually made it in time. Um, all right. So up next, we're going to continue with Mike Shower, and now we're going to allow him to talk about—I mean, not allow him, but. We're going to change the direction of the conversation to SB 39, which he says is now moving into the final phases of its, it's the caterpillar about to turn into a beautiful butterfly or something. We're going to get in with that with Mike Shower here in just a minute. We'll continue right here. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. It's the Michael Dukes Show. Bum, 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 bum. Why not take a quick break? Be right back. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. All right, we're in the break. Mike Shower is our guest. A couple people have said, hey, name names. You got to name. We have named names. We've named names. Uh, Bert Stedman, Von Imhoff, uh, Click Bishop, uh, uh, Peter Machicki. That's who I was quoting earlier saying, this bill will be the cornerstone of sound fiscal policy. Really? I mean, this is not a plan. Well, Mike, it this is not be. a plan. Well, but it's not. I mean, come on. It no, could be is, if it was it replaced wholesale with a fiscal policy working group that's suggestion. It could be. But that's that's, like, that's what I'm saying. That's it's like not, it's not that the, it's it's what's in the bill that matters. It could be foundational if we would get it to a place where it was permanently solving the problem. This is just a kick the can down the road and really doesn't change anything. Because right. there's no bar we can't jump over yet in it. Right. That's the problem I have with it, Mike. It's not that it couldn't be the cornerstone to solving all of the problems. It's that in its current form, it's not going to solve <laughs> the problem. It's only going to take top. It's going to give top cover to a few. Okay, look, look, Mike. I mean, so, here, here's what I'm saying. I mean, I think you're you're almost being too nice about this because that's like saying, see this banana and this liter of vinegar. This could be a beautiful banana cream pie. Well, only if you kept the banana, got rid of the vinegar, and bought 15 other ingredients and bought an oven to cook it in. I mean, but then it could be a perfect. I mean, that's what you're saying right now, right? I mean, 
It, well, that's because I've got to try to get it there, Mike. Myself and other legislators, can we have to work. So, okay, so let's use another analogy. i got a freaking clump of, of clay in front of me. And I go, well, that doesn't really mean like much. I want to turn it into a beautiful pottery piece. Well, that's going to take some work. It's going to take a little spinny thing because I had no idea what that's called. It's going to take work and water and molding and blah, blah, blah. And then it's going to have to go in the kiln. Then it's going to be painted to turn it into that beautiful piece of pottery. Same thing, right? You're working with what you got is my point. And it is a bill. That could be in a form, if it was amended, that could work. But in its current form, it's a lump of clay. It doesn't do anything. It does, it's not going to solve the problem. It's not going to It's not going to turn into a beautiful butterfly unless we can make changes. How's that? Did I do okay? Well, I guess. I just, you know, again, it's just like saying, you know, I've got one. I like my bread analogy or my pie analogy because you've got a banana, a gallon of turpentine, some vinegar, and, uh, you know, some smelling salts. And you're like, we're going to make a pie out of this. But first, we have to remove almost everything that we have here and go get a bunch of other stuff. And somebody's like, why didn't you just get all the stuff to begin with? Well, you know, because it wasn't political. I'm not the one making the bill. I'm not in finance. I don't have control of that. I, I got to work with what I've got. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> I can't control it. I, I can't bring it to the floor. I have no mechanism to do that with and, yeah. and no ability to do it. Yeah. What we've done in our committees were, was stripped out in finance. They send everything to finance because yep. it's about money, and so I have no control of that to whatever comes to the floor. Yeah. I can't. All right. Well, uh, oh, God almighty. I just I just found the, the irony of the president, Senate president, saying that, like, this is it. Oh, man, we've got it right here. And you're like, no, it doesn't even look like a pie. I'm sorry. It just doesn't even look like a well, pie. Well, no, I disagree with that. You know that. And I'm sure that Peter and I have had, well, we've had this discussion. He knows I disagree with that, you know, on the fact, on the and I'm talking the current form of the bill, right? I don't know where Peter sits on these things. That's the Senate president. That's his call between him and his constituents and what he's going to do. I know what I want to see out of it. I know what I'm going to try to do, you know, and vote with other people trying to make it something that actually solves the problem. And Mike, it's not even. Let's be frank here. That's not what I want. Because right. it's not what I want. Right, I would right. like to see us go to a statutory PFD. I would like to see spending reduced. I'd like to get rid of SB twenty six. The votes aren't there to do it. So it's not what I want. I just accept that this is a path that if we did all of those other things we discussed, it might solve the problem permanently, and we can stop fighting about it and do other things and get back to work, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm willing to accept it with those other things, that conditional language. Without it. No, it doesn't work. And so everybody's got to, you know, go campaign this year and convince their constituents of why they did what. And and that's, you know, what it comes down to at the end of the day. But I sure as heck don't support the current version of SB 199. Doesn't solve the problem. Right. Why would I do that? I've been burned too many times in this place by people, so I'm not going to play that game. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's painful. But, of course, you know, we did get the natural hairstyle bill out, as Ron Gillum pointed out last week. That was important. Um, I know we named we named some holidays or some bridges or some roads. Yeah, and we did some boards well, and, and something. And, and something. Sandy just said in the chat room something about they're going to pass a law where you you can't see a dock on telemed anymore, even though that's proven to be a rousing success. I mean, it's one of the few silver know. linings of COVID. Is but now you got to go back to seeing a dock in person instead of telemedicine. I mean, this is Mike. I don't know. We're going There's backwards, like 400, man. Five hundred bills. I've got group. I've got regular citizens helping me now look at the bills because I can't get to them all. I'm literally spending almost every waking hour right now talking about the election, you know, Bill, trying to get that prepped and through finance right. to, to match up with the one in the House to see if we can at least take a step forward on, you know, getting our election system tighter. And that's, that's literally taking, but I've got to pay attention to this PFT battle and the budget coming up and all these hairdresser bills and everything else going on. It's like, good Lord. 
Yeah. No, I mean, I understand you're busy. I understand there's a lot of things in there. But I just, again, what the things that the legislature finds priority for just astonishes me. All right, 20 seconds. Don't go anywhere. Don't just, you hang out there, man. You just hang out. We're going to talk about SB 39 uh, and what's going on with that and where it goes from here. And we're going to continue that discussion here in just a second. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Please like and share this video. I'm asking you. I'm begging you. I'm ordering you. Obey. That's what I'm saying. Okay, uh, welcome back. Uh, the Michael Duke Show. Hi, how are you? You ready to go? Oh, somebody in the chat room said they love me. Or maybe they love Mike. Shower. I don't know which one it is. It, now I'm jealous. Could be you, could be me. I don't know who it is. Uh, Mike Shower is our well, guest. I'll just assume that's me, of course. Yeah, of course you would. Of course you would. I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm a married man. Um, okay. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk about, uh, something near and dear to your heart. You just said it. You are, uh, uh, talking hot and heavy. All you're talking about these days is SB 39, your election bill. So give us the update, my friend. Where, where is it at? What, what do we need to do? Where does it go from here? What's going on? Well, like I've said for some time now, I've been working with a member of the house because they had the, the antithesis of, of my original SB 39 from last January. And, you know, we realized neither side was going to pass the other body's bill. And so we started working quietly for, you know, almost a year now um, to strip out the things that were more contentious. And just like the SB199 we're talking about, Mike, it's not, it's not my preferred version. There's things I would like to have that were stronger or other issues, but, you know, so did the other side. And so I'm left with the standard choice here of I could do nothing on certain things for, you know, making our election system uh, stronger. Or, you know, I could wait until next year again and hope that this time, you know, we did something because I keep waiting every legislator and, and legislature and it doesn't work. Right. Oh, well, wait next time. Wait next time. Like, I'm tired of waiting. We need stuff that needs to be done. So we are um, I'm hoping the other bill is about to make it through the House policy committees to their finance table. We finally made it through ours and we are at the, the Senate finance table. We brief it for the first time tomorrow. Um, and um you know, we, we have all this talk about finance and the PFD and stuff, but this is a pure policy bill. It's going to cost money. I don't know the total fiscal note, but it's millions of dollars. But, you mean chump change when you really look at the other government programs and stuff, you know, for the foundation of, uh, you know, our entire constitutional republic, right. uh, how we vote and, and who we put into office and policies. But um, right now, it is, uh, like I said, it's, it's a stripped-down version, but it has the core concepts that we can all agree to. Um, generally speaking, there's a little bit that we want that they weren't real happy with, but willing to give on and vice versa. That's the negotiation part. But core concepts like ballot tracking, ballot chain of custody, open source software and machines moving forward, stronger penalties on many of the things um, that we do, uh, you know, that kind of stuff um, is, is our core concepts. There is ballot curing for mail out or absentee ballots, which we've not had before. Um, and that's driven for the technical things, right? Like your envelope is ripped or you had one piece of missing information. I don't have a problem with somebody, you know, getting a chance to fix that. Um, so their vote counts because right. we throw out on average, I think somewhere around 2% or so 
of ballots because they were ripped or had a mark or something on them. So, I mean, I think that's fair and reasonable, and that was a big ask on their side. Um, and I'd, I'd have to go through the bill. I've got it in front of me right here for other things. But those core concepts like that are a big step forward. Oh, cleaning up the voter rolls. That's another big one. I'm trying to think off the top of my head real quick. Right. Um, because we're so overinflated every year, and we're nationally the worst state in the nation for that. That's a, hu- that's a huge people one. people to get rid of their registration when they leave and not, not vote here anymore. A lot of provisions like that directing the, the division of elections to do these things. What we discovered, Mike, because I've said it before here in the program, is that a lot of things are policy-driven, where whoever the director is and whoever the governor is, they can change kind of how we do business every cycle because it's policy. And we're like, no, we want codified language that says you will do these things. No more you get to make your own mind up. And so there's a lot of stuff like that in the bill that's codification, making it law now. We're taking it out of people's hands to, to choose and change it every few years and some of these other things that would strengthen it. And we came up with kind of a moniker with the other office, you know, um, harder, uh, easy to vote, hard to cheat. So we want everybody that can vote to be, you know, that's eligible to register and to vote. We absolutely want them to do that. But we also want to make sure that we can prevent people from doing the wrong thing, right? You know, other actors with all the data breaches, that kind of stuff. We did drive a lot of uh, IT kind of stuff, too, for data breach things. So there you go, in a nutshell. I'm hoping that finance is going to listen to it and get it across without many changes. Cause quite frankly, Mike, it really isn't my bill anymore. It's not the other member in the house's bill anymore. These are that have become committee substitute bills that are state bills, right? This is important for the whole state for all people. And um, I just happen to be the guy carrying the vehicle now. I mean, it's, it's changed that much and that's kind of where we are. So I'm hoping we're going to get them both out of finance to the floors and have uh, you know concurrent votes and probably a conference committee and hash out final details and get that thing done so we've got at least a step forward on doing things a little better. So that's where we are right now. The clearing up of the voter rolls has been an issue for, God, I mean, I've been talking yep. about it on and off for 20 years, uh, and it's just yep. gotten worse. And, of course, if we fixed that, we'd fix a lot of the problems with other things like the potential for mail-in voting or some of these other things because – you wouldn't have a bunch of loose ballots floating around out there. You wouldn't have 30, 40, 50,000 loose ballots that are just kind of going everywhere. Um, and that would that would help a lot with that. Does your bill also address the signature verification for the witnesses yes. or for the things like that? We either have to have, there is no option, we will either have the witness signature um, required for mail-in or absentee voting or and we're directing it, the state will go to when it can. I mean, it might take a year to get, you know, RFP and get the system. But we will go to electronic signature verification, not a human being looking at it. They can be much more fallible, but some of the systems they have that are very accurate on looking and matching of signatures when they come up off like the DMV database, the, the, the death uh, certificate, I forget what it's called. There's a division that does when people die, like the court system. There's a lot of databases that have signatures. So we're going to require right. the state to do it. And if we don't have it, you have to maintain what the current law is, is that with the signature. So, yes, we also directed there would be risk-limiting audits because, remember, as I told you before, it's, it's forensic audit is not the right word unless you're tr- following the money trail or into, like, the guts of the computer, the software. So we're going to require risk-limiting audits, which will be a part of that, is looking at the machines and doing those things in, in, in districts. So that's going to be required as well because that's another part of it. Like you said, it's not only the – cleaning up the voter rolls, which is important, but we've got to make sure every time that we're doing this, it's going to force the, if we get new machines, which it probably will force us to do with better open source from off the shelf things, it's also going to allow that stuff for anybody to look at it. Right. So no more hiding it. Right. right. They don't, they don't share it with us. So it's a, it's got a lot of very positive change. I would do more. 
I want him more, but it's not all going to make it with the current makeup of the legislature. But waiting another two years, Mike, was not a tenable option. Right. Some of these things we're talking about we need now. So at least we're getting some of them done, and it's the best I can do. And if I'm back next year, well, guess what? We're going to keep working on other things. Right. But when people say, you should do this, that, and the other, say, I got it, folks. I know that. Right. But, but I can't get it through the House with control by yeah. the Democrats. No, I you can't do it. You've only so, got so much horsepower. You might as well take. You might as well take one bite at a time, and and uh, at least start with the first bite. So, uh, as the saying goes, how do you eat an elephant? Right, one bite at a time. Well, first you do shoot you the elephant, then you roast it, then then you eat it. Uh, that's the sorry. Uh, all right, Mike Shower, our guest. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for being on board with us today. Um, look forward to seeing what comes out of this. I'd I want to hear what's going on. Um, we might have a lot to talk about next Wednesday, depending on how the four battle goes. If we get it up in the next week, we'll see. Yeah, no, I'd love to. I, I'm, I'm watching it closely. The next three weeks will be pivotal for what goes on this next year. Mike Shower, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you being part of the program today. Anytime, my friend. All right, hold the line. Don't go anywhere, folks. We're out of time. Tomorrow, uh, we're working on JKT. And Nick Beggage. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. We get all that stuff done. Thank you guys for being part of it today with us. We appreciate it. The Michael Duke Show. Be kind to one another. Love one another. Live well. We'll see you tomorrow. So Don Ardwin in the chat room just said, if you're back next year, what does that mean? What what is that? What does that mean? Well, what, what, if, the, what <laughs> if the voters decide they don't want me back? If there is, I've heard rumors of a challenger. Maybe I'll lose, and then I'll just, you know, oh, well. Yeah. That's so be it. Yeah, well, no, we'll see. We'll, we'll I'm not going to assume anything, Mike, in this world. Yeah, no, you can't at this point. Not that I think that, I mean, based on your and my private conversations, not that you'd be like, man, I really wanted to go back. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct, sir. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, that's the... What's the old saying? People have to like, well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna recall you. I'm like, yeah, go for it, go for it, go like, for it. You Here, think this hurts my feelings. Let me sign your petition right now for recalling me. Let me sign that thing. Uh, I'm, I'm impervious to your attempts to hurt my feelings. Ex- it's not gonna work. Exactly. Reminds me of the old saying, right? Duty is heavier than a mountain. Death is lighter than a feather. That's uh, I'm pretty much down with that right now. That's it right there. Yeah, you got it. Um, all right, Mike Shower. Well, thank you, my friend, for coming on board. As always, it's a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you for all you do. We'll uh, talk with you next week, okay? See you next week, Mike. Have a good one. All right. Thank you for being part of it. Folks, I got to go. I mean, you know, work and things and stuff. I'd rather just go take a nap, but it's good. It's good. We will see you tomorrow. Have a great day.
we've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs> 